Oh good, you're back. Here's part two. Yeah, right. It's not that it's the customer is always right. It's that you know yourself that you're not always right. So the fact that you're willing to listen <laughs> just makes that, uh, yeah, it's so simple, but it makes so 100%. much sense. It's, it's amazing. So, so I guess when you think about all these, you know, when you launch new products, there's a lot of it, does all of it sort of come from this kind of test kitchen in Bridgeport, Texas you've created, or like, is that really become the, the place for you to decide if you want to launch something yeah. new or there, yeah, it I mean, it's brilliant. So it should it be, does now. I don't know if that's the only it, place. It, it is now. Um, you know, when we, when we first started the brand, we were, we didn't have Bridgeport. We didn't have, we didn't have a test environment. And so it was really coming from our own thoughts and ideas and, and they were great. I mean, we, we were, we, we actually, with our product, we were able to take home multiple Golds, double gold medals, platinums from from uh, industry awards uh, shows like like the San Francisco World Spirits Competition and the New York Wine and Spirits Competition and and um, you know these these whiskeys of the world and these amazing um, places. But I think most of that came from this this uh, understanding that you know when you when 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 you when you do a secondary finishing on a whiskey, there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole lot more things that turn out right than turn out wrong. Um, it's just comes down to, to what the person's preferences are on, on what they like better. So in fact, our, our bourbon and brew, which is a bourbon finished with a French oak spire soaked in cold brew coffee, uh, it's took home the, the, uh, double gold medal at San Francisco world spirits competition, which is like the Grammys of the spirits world. Um, we had no idea, you know, we, we, we just liked coffee and we wanted to try something new and. And, um, and so we launched it and released it into, into these award shows and it just blew up. Um, and now as a consumer, you can go online and you can buy bourbon and brew, or you can build the exact same, uh, concept of what bourbon and brew is on your own. It's the same product. Um, so no, we, we had no idea that, you know, it was going to be like quite like that. Um, but, but, um, that's just the beauty of walking in favor is you get to experience that. Yeah. I have this image in my head of the two of you, you and Joe, and this idea that you must have gone to award shows or, you know, these areas where uh, all these like great distilleries have, you know, you know, sort of like congregate and you're there and you've basically like turned the industry kind of upside down. So like, what do they think when you come in, right? You're doing something that's never been done before. And I would imagine that this process has been a pretty the tried and true long time process that people typically use when they're going to create a whiskey. So what did, how did you find that to be when you guys would come in? Like you just seem to be these true innovators that come in and have turned, uh, you know, it, it, you know, something like truly upside down that, that people think about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're weird for sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I wish that I could say that that um, you know we've turned anything upside down. And I, you know, it was never really the point of to turn anything upside down. We yeah, have, sure. You know, we have a lot of uh, man. We just have a whole lot of respect for the guys that have come before us because we needed somebody to pave the way. You know, yeah. And there's a lot of guys who are doing unique things. There's a lot of producers who are doing very unique things and very innovative, and um, and and people are paying attention. And um, but but definitely, you know, you 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 put something inside of the bottle uh, and there's definitely going to be heads turned. And we initially thought that it was going to be negative heads or negative thoughts from the industry. 
And absolutely, like I said, there were. However, we were met with more um, kind of this opportunistic, idealistic, well, huh, maybe we should try it out. And I remember even when when we had Joe from Forbes who had written that piece, you know, one of the things he, he kind of put out kind of like an open call to the industry and said, you know, basically, you know, guys, this isn't tradition. I, I recognize that this isn't heritage. But if we're doing this just for the sake of tradition and heritage, we're missing if we're, if this is just religion to us, then we're missing the opportunity. We're missing the vision. Right. And and we didn't, we didn't want it to be religion. We wanted it to be something that actually resonated with the community. It's amazing. It really, really is. It's such a great story. So let me let me flip the script a little bit. So we, we've talked about this, uh, you know, this this focus kitchen that you've created and all of the success you've had. I mean, I'm just this big, and I'm sure you've had plenty of this too. I'm a big believer in the idea that there's so much value in failure, right? You you know, you, those are some of the best lessons that you have. What are some of the examples of things that you've tried at Okanedon that uh, you, you know, initially thought were great ideas that failed and then maybe morphed into something else? Or is this just an example of one of those things? Yeah, this is, uh, I love this question. Uh, and, and this is something we, we talk about a lot, which is we don't like to use the word failure, we use the word trials. Because mm -hmm. failure implies a finite ending as opposed to really the trial is what we learn from in order to grow better from. So the ideal vision that we have as entrepreneurs and, and, and any leader and creative is that, you know, we always dream that whatever we build will grow straight up, right? You never, you never dream and have a vision of something that's got twists and turns and bumps and bruises and anything. You know, we always dream that our idea will grow straight up, mm -hmm. but inherently we know that it won't, that nothing grows straight up. Right. So I always think about it like a tree, you know, when a tree grows, it begins as a small straight path. It's like a little, you know, little uh, seedling comes up and it makes a straight path, but it's weighed by the gravity of the world and the wind and all kinds of unplanned and unpredictable deviations as it grows. But when a tree begins to lean too far one way or the other, it deviates and it grows branches. Yeah. And 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 in life, a lot of times we we see those branches as missteps or failures, when in reality, those branches are the very necessary thing that we have to have. It's the trials that we had to overcome to be able to put us back into alignment. And 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 the beauty about branches is that it's where the fruit comes from. Mm -hmm. If the tree had no branches, it would have no fruit. That's right. So we have, we have to process through trials. We have to challenge these trials in order to receive the fruit. And then too often as leaders, we're too stubborn and prideful to receive that humble process of growth. And then we accept it. We have to turn back and, 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 and then we try to force growth in areas where it wasn't supposed to grow. So as an entrepreneur, this is also the challenge to find a great partner who shares the same vision. I remember when I was, you know, when, when Joe and I first met, about talking about uh, Oak and Eden, working on Oak and Eden together and partnering up on this. Um, and I told him, I will only go into partnership with you if we have a mutual honor, respect, and submission for each other. And I know submission can be a bad word in our day and age, but it's the idea that we, I, 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 I concede to you in your territory, I submit to you in your territory, 
and you submit to me and mine. And that means that, uh, you know, if if we're at a at an impasse on something that has to do with with brand, that you know, we will always lean to my vantage point because that's my territory. If we're at an impasse on something that has to do with growing the business or operations or finances, I I submit to his leadership and his authority. And so there's a challenge to find a great partner uh, who carries the the, the very uh, the the vision with you, but that they they don't carry your strengths and they don't carry your weaknesses. That's your opposite in that way. In fact, uh, we have a rule that if one of us says no to the other on another idea on, a, on an idea we have, um, that no will always be honored because when we do this, it applies weight to our words, and we know that each of us has the power to shut something down that the other is dreaming about. Um, which is heavy. However, with that weight, it puts each of us in a position to be thoughtful and careful with our words. So I never want to crush my buddy, Joe. He's my brother first. He's my business partner second. I never want to crush him. And if he's got a dream or an idea or a vision about something, I want to honor that. And I want to be able to celebrate that with him. If it, it comes to a place where I say, man, I honor you, I value you, but I disagree with you. And it's in your territory then I'll disagree, but I'll still honor and submit to what you're saying because I believe, I trust you. You know, I trust that that you are you're leading us the right direction, and it applies a higher level of honor and respect to each other, which in turn lets the business grow with those small deviations and the branches along the way, as opposed to having to panic and pivot, you know, out of desperation. Uh, I love that. Uh, my partner Tim and I feel the same way. I don't um, explain it as eloquently as you have, but it's the same idea that he has strengths and I have strengths, and but we both have a shared vision and we have the same way of thinking, which is that if someone is pushing against an idea that's related to sales and growth, um, and and it's an idea that I have, he's still going to honor that idea and see it through. And if he has an idea on the sort of business growth and operation side and uh, an editorial side, I uh, I feel the same way, where if I may not necessarily agree, but at the end of the day, it won't be a situation where I would stop an idea knowing that he has you know, more experience and more understanding of that side than I do. So uh, I totally agree. I'm, I'm very lucky to our company's in a great spot because uh, meeting Tim, I feel the same way, right? We we both have a shared vision, but we both have separate but equally important skill sets that really complement one another. It's great. Well, it yeah. makes it makes it fun too. You know, oh, I've, man, I've heard yeah. I've heard too many entrepreneurs use the word grind, and and I just I just want to slap them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not a grind. It, it it should be fun. If it's yep. grinding, you might be knocking on the wrong doors. Oh you yeah, you might be chasing the wrong thing. But it, it should be fun. It should it not that it should be easy. But but it shouldn't be this like desperate, just constantly trying to 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 get one little win here and there. Um, it, it's it should be fun, and if it's not fun, my challenge to entrepreneurs, leaders listening, is find a partner who compliments you. You know, find yep. a, a partner who honors, values, respects you, shares a vision with you, yet will give you the will 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 be disciplined enough to not just say yes to everything that you come up with, but we'll have the the ability to uh, to also you know have a perspective on things. And it's hopefully it's made this fun. I haven't ever had this much fun building a business. Same, same, hundred percent. That's so great. Um, all right. How, how so talk to me about um, 
how you find customers, right? You, uh, you know, as you want to grow, and uh, and with that comes change and challenges. You, how, how do you approach that? Are you finding customers the same way now, or like, are you approaching finding new customers now the same way, or has changed a lot since you started? Yeah, it has changed a lot since we started. In fact, <clears throat> it's interesting how how technology has changed, um, how you know, marketing strategies have changed. Um, I mean, even TikTok. TikTok shook up things in a whole weird way that like we're trying to figure out TikTok and even even like our Gen Z team that's like TikTok fanatics, they're like they can't figure out TikTok. <laughs> and um when when we launched, it was uh you know, we, we, we exclusively, you know, kind of went to influencers first via Instagram. And, um, we built up our, uh, our authority through, through influencers, through, uh, uh, media. And then through actually, I remember, uh, partnering with before it was all the whole rotary portfolio, you know, it was, we were partnering with the cool material and, and, um, you know, uh, then we got to partner with elevator and, and uh, see some amazing results from that. So, uh, you know, the the whole media side was a huge piece of this. And then additionally, awards and and kind of validating us there. Um, it's funny, if we did it all over again, it wouldn't be the same strategy. Uh, it, it's totally different now. Um, so we are, we kind of consider ourselves to be more of an agency than we are a whiskey brand. Um, and mm. we, more of our team is made up of digital marketers, creatives, brand development, um, and, uh, and so, you know, we have a, we have a very vibrant kind of digital marketing, uh, infrastructure inside of our team. Um, and, uh, and we, we, we kind of perform more like an agency than we do a brand. And so, you know, with that, we've got, you know, we've got a content team, we've got a brand strategy team, we've got, uh, we've got a growth team and, uh, and, and then we've got kind of all of those fit into the digital marketing realm. We work with agencies who are on, Everything from digital marketing to to uh, uh, PR to um, to you know Google and everything that goes into Google with YouTube. We've got a team that focuses on all the out of home media and um, and that whole realm. And 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 then there's just these kind of like outlier things like um, you know like activations or brand activations and events and you know how do we successfully scale and manage those? So. You know how do we how do we find customers? Gosh, they I mean they are everywhere, um, but we are entering into a world where it is harder and harder. Uh, as I've found, to to attack those customers properly, especially because social media has become such a a, a conduit for how we attract customers yeah. and how social media is kind of it's it's kind of you know in it's internally um, there's almost this implosion that it's like imploding businesses uh one by one so we've had to really get creative with how do we get outside of the social media realm where i know that most small businesses and entrepreneurs they put probably 80 percent of their dollars into the facebook business manager which is facebook and instagram marketing yeah and they put so much money into the ads and you know we know that with you know the ios 14 situation and not being able to serve all of your ads to all of your customers and and the uh, the price is skyrocketing, and it's just it's gotten harder and harder on that platform. So, we um, what we have done is our, our chief growth officer. Um, his name's Cameron Golly. He's just a a brilliant mind. Um, he came up with this strategy for us for 2023. Uh, so you know we're evolving this fast. Um, it's it's our omni-channel strategy, and so we're really focused on leveraging these. Um, 
more emerging tools and platforms that are giving us uh, a better access and insight to our customers that we didn't we didn't have a year or two ago but also we didn't have the problems that uh, that we needed for customer acquisition a year or two ago um so we're really focusing on this whole omni-channel mix where we're we're not just in the facebook instagram world we're not just relying on display ads we're not just relying on publishers you know we're not just relying on on out of home and and traditional mediums through radio and print you know it's all of them and um, and so, which is why, uh, you know, so <laughs> shameless plug on your part, uh, why Rotary has become such a, you know, kind of a critical component for for our growth is because, you know, we need publishers who are who are omni publishers, who are omni channel publishers, who focus on email and and on uh, on digital and display and on native uh, media. And, you know, we need people who can we can have one point of contact and reach uh, our audience in a in a much broader way that's not so centralized to just one conduit uh well uh, i'm blushing thank you very much we're glad <laughs> to, to, to be a part well. of that so glad to hear you say that and kind of have to use this in our uh, marketing language as we move forward but that's 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 uh that's that's very smart so so in the beginning uh you were you know you were sort of focused more on a, a channel or two and now you've really gone to this omni omni channel sort of approach which which really makes sense. And you're right, it changes. It does change all the time. I mean, even our acquisition for emails and when we started was, you know, really rooted in, in a sweepstakes, if you can believe it, they were like a darling just a few years ago. And now they're, they're just, they're, it's so much harder. So you, you are, you're always thinking and always pivoting, right? You always have to, that's, you just have to be nimble and you have to always think about things. And it's funny for you to say like your 2023 strategy, which is brand new right now, like who knows mid, you know, come June, I might switch again. Right. <laughs> just never right. know. Exactly yeah. Right. I remember, uh, in, I remember in 2015, we were doing giveaways and I mean, we were even through Instagram, we would get, we get 20,000 followers cause we did a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the world's same. different. Yeah, it was yeah. the same, but that's how we got so many of them. And now it's just that we don't, we don't really have that anymore. So we're constantly trying to think about that too. So, you know, it's a, it's a challenge for everybody, but so that's a great answer. Um, I wanted to ask you about content though. Um, I noticed you have a very good uh, content creation platform on the site with your barkeeper diary. And uh, I'm always fascinated by this. And I was actually, I had a previous conversation with someone about how important content is, but I would love to hear from you for your brand, Oak and Eden. How important is it, this content and the time and effort you put into it? And what, how do you measure the success of it? Yeah, this is, I mean, great segue from our previous conversation. I mean, we live in a, obviously we live in a creator economy, right? It, everything has shifted. I think, I think TikTok was a big play in that. Um, I think that even, even with, uh, with COVID, you know, COVID really played a big part in moving us to this creator economy. And it's it just simply where content is king. You know, when we were doing, when we were, uh, you know, in the middle of COVID and, and people weren't coming out, they were creating content. And so it was the one thing you could do was create content. So we got so familiar with it and, uh, and we started to use it, leverage it, capitalize it. And, um, and, and it, it won't last forever, right? We're, we're, we are constantly cyclically changing. And so it's just a matter of being aware as marketers and, and leaders and, and business owners you know, how to adapt and morph into what is changing now. So we're in the creator economy, content's king, and quantity has become so much more important than quality, which has been a really hard reality for me as a brand guy. Yeah, right? I've, I've learned to love it, 
and make my own thing out of it. Um, but it's still a challenge, you know. I mean, TikTok messed everybody up. So I mean, we were we were like as brand guys, we're so used to shooting like cinematic films and on red cameras and doing the high production quality photo shoots. And all of a sudden it was like, we just had this gross vertical iPhone short form videos or nothing. And, yeah. and it just, it just, it, I, I literally, I mean, I remember I looked at, uh, at my, my, my growth team and I was like, this isn't going to last. Like TikTok won't last. It's just, people don't want this at the end of the day, they want quality. And then I'm watching these brands conform. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but this, I mean, this led the whole trend of how youth culture consumed content, which was kind of forcing us and every other consumer brand to have to reinvent the way we thought about content. So, you know, we had to ramp up volume of content that we were creating all the while keeping it true to brand, which was just a trial and error for a while. And honestly, it's, I mean, we're still learning what works on TikTok, like I said, and and we've got the specialists on board, but we're still trying to learn it. Um, but at the end of the day, we we rely on our network of creatives to uh, to make us who we are. So, like over the years, we've partnered with hundreds of photographers and filmmakers and writers, musicians, who over the years have really collectively made up the brand of Oak and Eden. So probably. Truthfully, like 95% of the content you see coming from Oak and Eden is coming from third-party creatives who we gave a loose rein on taking our vision and making it their own. So, you know, just like as I think most people would imagine that that brands that they know of, that they're familiar with, that they think are big brands, uh, they'd be shocked to see that their creative team is three or four people, their marketing team is three or four people, you know, and we run the same way, you know, we have a tight nimble team. And, and so with being a small brand marketing team, we've got to lean into the ability to leverage content creators, whether that's, you know, for short form, you know, TikTok type stuff, or whether it's for um, even campaign imagery and, and video assets. And um, I mean, so much of the stuff that we send over through Rotary, is is created by uh through individual creators um and it's amazing I've, I've had this debate with with brand builders in the past who have you know have kind of claimed well you know you, you can't you can't do campaign imagery with with content creators like you, you can't just send a product out with a brand guidelines and a shot list and expect them to really you know produce the quality that you need you know you need to have a creative director on site you need to have a production team on site you need to have a set designer on site and um you need to you need to baby them throughout the way uh we've, we've done that and we've gotten okay work back uh however when we take creatives who are adults and know what they're doing and are able to carry a vision and see it come to life they feel the authority and the autonomy to carry it out they actually do amazing things with it. In fact, one of our most recent shoots, we uh, we had for the bottle the uh, the whiskey customizer campaign. We had uh, a good friend, uh, Ben Christensen, shot that, and Ben is a huge um, you know, he's a huge creator in the in the outdoor world. Um, he, he's kind of cowboy uh, photographer. He shoots a lot for Levi and for Stetson and and big Western brands like that. We we kind of pitched him this this entire campaign concept and we wanted it to be 
um, we wanted to be fresh and inviting and, and we wanted to, uh, to, to shoot, uh, individuals in their kind of own, their own little personalities, you know, who the story of the whiskey customizer is it's your bottle, your way, you're uninhibited by our restrictions. It's now, you know, your time to shine. This is your personality. So your bottle of whiskey should reflect you. So we wanted the campaign assets to, to be, uh, very, in, 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 uh, to, to heavily imply that this is your personality. So we wanted these strong characters in our photography for the campaign who really fit the look and, 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 and who um, could, you know, we, you could see their personality come out in this photo shoot. And, uh, but at the same time to really um, play into our, our brand tone, which is a little bit more you know, Western heritage look and feel a little yeah. bit Americana. And um, so you know, we pitched this to him and I said, Ben, you know, this is a huge campaign for us. Um, do you want me on site? And he said, you certainly are welcome to come on site. However, I, I will be looking to you all day and our models will be looking to you all day and I will lose authority. And I said, fair enough, you do it. And the images he brought back were some of the best, I'm talking best images we've ever received. Um, and, and we weren't on site, we weren't there. So, you know, when it comes to content creation, you know, for us, again, the creator is, is the epicenter of our story. And, um, and we would be hypocritical if we didn't let creators create, you know, let their creativity come out and almost interpret our vision through their lens. Um, and if, if you like Oak and Eden's content, really you like the idea of allowing creators create on their own accord. It's such a bit, it's gotta be a bit of a leap for you coming from where you came from. But at the same time, do you think your decision to allow Ben to sort of take your sort of guide rails and come up with something that ultimately was great, did that have a lot to do with I mean, it had to have a lot to do with the way that things have changed and that you in even TikTok in some ways, right? This idea that you kind of have to just give guide rails to content creators and then have trust in them that that they're going to create something that uh, that works for you. And it's no longer this idea that you need to be, as you said, uh, on set or on top of them to make sure that they do something exactly the way you want. That almost sounds like a, a recipe for disaster nowadays. <laughs> It certainly can. I mean, it, that's been one of the things that we've learned as leaders is that, um, you know, we are, I, I don't like to use the word leader as much as I like to use the word steward. Um, we, we are stewarding people. Uh, we steward people first and we steward their talents second. Um, and so as, as a steward, uh, one of the things in stewardship is that on the front side, to be a good steward is you've got to properly uh, assign value and assigning value means you've got to do your job uh, as a steward to, to, to responsibly select who you're stewarding. And um, so I've, I've heard people who have had horror stories stewarding and I've had horror stories stewarding as well. <laughs> uh, but I've heard people who have had these horror stories who say, well, you, know, you can't, you can't, um, you can't not manage someone with your vision. You can't not be there on site. You can't not, have people come into the office every day and uh, and expect them to really carry out your vision. And my my greatest response is if 
if you are not stewarding people from the front side of responsibly selecting them, you're selecting somebody right. who you believe will carry out your vision and then allowing them to properly create at the end of the day, we're dealing with adults. At the end of the day, we need to be able to give people the authority to act like adults. And if you prove me wrong, that's another story. It's another story. And, and we'll have a different conversation, but I bet you'll prove me right. Yep. And and I have faith in my people that I bet you'll prove me right. And it's funny when people simply have somebody who believes in them, it changes their dynamic entirely. Uh, we've, we've been in business for five years. We've only let one person go. And uh, we have a very low turnover rate internally. We have probably the most aggressive team of anybody in this industry and they're fiercely loyal yeah and we're not perfect we are simply not perfect but we keep coming back to we, we responsibly chose you to do this job we're not going to micromanage you if you need somebody to, to micromanage you this isn't the place for you to be you know if you need somebody even even checking in with you once a week this isn't the place to be we need people who are who are okay being great at what they do and being hungry for it and wanting it so bad for themselves. We want you to want this for yourself. And if you don't want this for yourself, they sit in the team for you. Yeah. And so we, as, as, as stewards, uh, we've got to first find those people and then lead them into the place where they can properly create. And occasionally you're going to get a bad employee or a bad photo shoot back or a bad, you know, we've, we've, we've gotten those folders where we go and we're like, Oh crap. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we spent 10 grand on this and, uh, and it didn't turn out right. But if it's if 95% of the time we can find that our our investment was properly stewarded and uh, and we received back uh more than we dreamed, then then that's a successful investment. It's this whole idea like trust and autonomy uh breeds loyalty. And uh it's uh it's a great mix, you know, when and people really do respond to that. It's sometimes it's hard to believe that there are people out there that don't really understand that. Uh but it's really true. You give people your trust and you give people the autonomy to make uh the decisions based on the reason that you brought them in, they're just they're gonna be fiercely loyal. So I totally agree. And it sounds like that's a Sean, you've created hard. a great culture. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard because we're like we're entrepreneurs. We yeah. have the vision. We see it. We know yeah. how it's supposed to come to life. We may not know how to get it there, but we know how it's supposed to come to life. So we bring people on who we cast that vision to. They catch it, but they catch it through their lens, and it doesn't look like our lens. And it's hard. It's really, yeah. it's I'm not implying it's easy. Yeah. Well, no, but it sounds like you're figuring it out, which is great. Um, so uh I have this has been tremendously fun. Uh, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more question, um, uh, just to be respectful of your time. That this one I always uh, I think is always a fun one. So in your role as the CMO and the co-owner, like, talk to me what a day like is for you running a running a whiskey brand. What's your key responsibilities? How do you tackle it? Are there things you love about your job? Are there things that each day you sort of dread that you know you have to uh, sort of deal with? To give us some insight into how you run your uh, your day. So, I mean, it's changed a lot over the last five years. Um, the first thing, I mean, I, I just start every morning, get in the presence of God, ask for his perspective on things from my family in Oak and Eden, leading a team, brand building, and he just makes it clear. But you know, when we first started my day-to-day, -day, um, I mean, it was all things brand. I was the brand guy. I was creative. I was marketing. I was activation. I was customer experience. And then Joe, you know, he was all things on operations, supply chain, logistics, and distribution, and sales, and all of it. It was the you know classic startup days. 
Uh, I mean, it's just like yeah, those cowboy right. days. We were kicking, kicking many down hats. doors. And, yes, asking everyone for meetings, no matter how like unattainable or or uh, you know how 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 it, it was just we were constantly asking for meetings. We were raising money for people we had no business being in a room with, and we just made waves everywhere we went. But just like anything over the years, you know, we've, we've grown an amazing team and uh, we've given so many responsibilities to people who are just way more qualified than us. Um, and I would imagine my team would say I still hold on to, to uh, creative way too tight, <laughs> but uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, for now, right now, from day to day, uh, my, my tasks have shifted from being a producer, like I said, to being a steward. Yep. So I don't, I don't hold on to the tasks that uh that i think i'm supposed to do but whether i steward them with the people that i've hired um and and again i, I want to emphasize we're looking for adults who are you know people who know how to manage their time manage their tasks manage their responsibilities and the keyword being manage that when we hire people who have that humble fire they they honor their leadership they honor each other they honor the brand and then we set the vision and goals. Then we give them the autonomy to do what they're good at. They're pretty great at it. So we're not managers. I suck at being a manager. Like I'm horrible at it. Um, <laughs> but as a steward, you know, I I'm stewarding the lives of the people that have been entrusted to me. So I mean, you know, I want what's best for my people because my day to day now is they they are my livelihood. And so I'm not just squeezing the the best of them out to satisfy what's best for me. Are best for my company. I'm not perfect at this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, like I said, I'm. I'm. I'm horrible at being a manager. I'm learning how to be a leader. I'm learning how to be a steward. And loving people can be hard. Not just because some people are hard to love, but because as entrepreneurs, our natural bend is to do whatever it makes to take our dream, grow and thrive. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It sounds like from your perspective, you sound like you're, uh, you're you're being very humble. It sounds like you're a pretty good manager. Somebody that you'd. Uh, it, it, that people would look to and uh, be pretty inspired by. We want people to have fun. We want, we want people to have fun and to feel trusted. Um, but, you know, as a, as a thing that I have, I have learned and have had to fight through and walk through is that, you know, when, when uh, I used to get asked the question, you know, what does a day to day look like for you? And I'd get nervous. I'm like, Oh my gosh, okay. I need to think about all the tasks I have and uh, how do I narrow those down? And uh, over the years, in fact, last year, I mean, I was no two years ago, uh, man, I, I was getting to the place where I was just, ugh, I was burned out. You know, I was tired. Wow. It was, it was getting hard. And, um, and I, I remember I told her, it's not that I'm, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm just, I just don't have that fire right now and I want it. I just don't have it. And, um, she just looked at me and said, the Lord called you into this, keep going. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, we're going to get up. We're going we're gonna to keep trying and keep fighting for this. And what's amazing is that at the time that that she said that, I was in that position where I was trying to do everything on my own. I had a team who wanted to 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 take things over from me, and I wasn't giving it to them. And um, so I I wanted to be the producer. I wanted to be the creator. I wanted to be everything. I knew how it was supposed to turn out. And I wanted to be the guy who, when somebody said, "What's your day to day look like?" I could tell them all the amazing things I was doing. And um, and she she just spoke that over me, and it just reminded me that uh, I wasn't called to, to you know, be the end all be all and everything I create. I'm I'm just called to create it. I'm just called yeah. to start it and to yeah. launch it, and then let people who are great at what they do, 
take over and do really well at it. So it gives us, me and Joe, our freedom and our time to be able to think about more things, to think about, you know, how can we grow this even further? How could we, can we even launch new brands? You know, can we take this outside of just Oak and Eden and grow it even further and and grow this team? So uh, my day-to-day has become so much more of that, you know, just, just the fight of, of trying to steward people well, so that, so that they can be the arms and legs of this, this company. It's great. It's a great way to end it. Well, I, Brad, I, I can't thank you enough. This was such a fun conversation to learn about so the journey of Oak and Eden and to learn about your journey and just, uh, congratulations on all the success. It sounds so great. Um, I can't wait to see how, uh, all the success you're going to have with this personalization technique. It's such a neat thing. And uh, really, thanks uh, for taking the time today and talking to me. And obviously, thanks for your support and your kind words. And um, I'm really looking forward to continuing to work with you and continuing to see uh, Oak and Eden evolve into, into greater things. Right on. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you, bud. Yeah, all right. So you have a great rest of the day, man. You too, buddy. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Strange Currencies. This podcast is for entertainment only. Any advice should be taken with caution. Except chocolate. Uncle Sean is right about that. You should eat some every day. Hosted by Sean Ryan and sponsored by Rotary Digital. Music, mix and mastering done by MKG Marketing. Next episode to drop next week. Be sure to subscribe, like and share wherever you podcast.